A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Welcome back to this longer conversation about the transition of a farm. So many times you see an auction come up, perhaps somebody passed away in the family, or there's health-related issues, or financially, they just can't do it anymore. Those are stories that make the headlines. Today, I want to make a different kind of headline, a planned transition. From the day that they started farming, uh, Kay Jensen and Paul Earhart of Jen Air Farms, just outside of Sun Prairie, had an end goal in mind. That was to have a financial uh, pocketbook that would allow them to comfortably retire, to physically have their health and mentally have the peace of mind that they did everything for their customers in the land and that they were ready to transition. Now that is happening. I want to talk about the pandemic because, Kay, before the break, you mentioned the minus 10 uh, contract between the two of you to try to do your best to meet benchmarks that would allow you, by the time that you reach 60 or whatever, to have this opportunity to transition out of production agriculture. And then the pandemic hit. None of us saw it coming. With the face-to-face interaction that was a staple of your business, how did, how did that impact you too? So the pandemic was actually not as big of a negative for us uh, as it was for other businesses. So first of all, we were considered an essential business. Um, But the other thing is we had this great customer base. We've been doing this for 27 seasons. We have seen people grow up on our farm. We have seen pregnant people come out to pick strawberries and 10 years later they bring their kids and we get invitations to their weddings or graduations. Mm -hmm. So we've already had this relationship. We have this trust. Uh, The systems that were in place allowed us to continue to provide um, our produce uh, to our customers, whether it was wholesale or farmers markets, the West Side Farmers Market did a great job of setting up their markets so that it was a safe place to, for us to vend. The Dane County Farmers Market did the drive-through markets, mm-hmm. which again another great place for us to vend. Um, we were fortunate enough that we had our uh, workers, so we uh, use. Uh, our workers come from Mexico. We use the H-2A visa workers. Let me be very clear that we hire our workers above board. We provide good housing, good wages, good opportunities uh, with a legal visa system. Um, and we were able, we were lucky, and this is luck, we were lucky enough that our workers were able to get up here uh, with the um, with transportation and they were able to work for us throughout that process. You know, it had to change, though, afterwards, or even maybe during, because every story we were doing was about people and their questioning where their food is coming from, how are we going to get it from a gallon of milk at the grocery store to fresh meat, and then all of a sudden, bang, now everybody wants to be a gardener. Paul, did you see that? I, you know, even if they're, if they're not seeing you at the market, I feel like people turn to you as a resource if they're going to decide that they want to try to be a gardener, too. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean... Uh... Did they come to you? Did they have questions for you? Were there people that all of a sudden wanted to be... Just keep talking. That all, yeah. That all of a sudden wanted to be gardeners, and they, they were trying to take a page from you? Well, that, that that's always one of the things where I always looked at uh, as as an expert, you know, since we grow so many different mm-hmm. vegetables, people are always asking it, 
us about different crops. Um, sure, there was a lot more interest in people doing their own stuff, and that is really good because that really, um, that really helps um, to make a great customer when they're starting to grow things themselves right. and seeing the work that goes into it. Uh, another thing that happened is uh, because at the point the pandemic hit, it was Kay and I and, and our two employees, we were able, flexible enough that we could make some changes on how we marketed mm -hmm. and how we put together things that were successful at the drive through market. Yeah. I think the other thing about that is, you know, we don't get to change things until something forces mm -hmm. us to change things. And the pandemic forced us to rethink how we set up certain systems. So we went from, um, you know, when you think of a farmer's market, you think of these mounds and mounds of things where people are coming and groping the tomatoes and smelling. Well, with the pandemic, those things stopped because we started to prepackage everything. And that created a better system for us. Uh, so I think the thing that happened during that is it forced us to reevaluate what we were doing, how we were doing it. And that, again, played into that 10 minus plan. It's like, okay, does this still seem valid? Because uh, we went back to that master plan. It's like, all right, is this a time to just hang it up? Or is this a time where we just tweak and change? And maybe we get some rid of some of those crops earlier than we thought we were going to. Yeah, like you said, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, and we all had to undergo it. Now, let's start talking about uh, the actual physical transition from day-to-day -day production agriculture to now we have to literally continue the business, but having other people that are going to be in place. First of all, help people understand the uniqueness of a 97-acre organic farm certified in a nearly metropolitan area. I think the first assumption is, wow, that's valuable. Well, it is if you can find the right people that are interested. It is if you can find the right people who are interested. So you think about a farm sale, and if you think about a, a hundred people, I would say less than one person, one percent, would be looking for an organic farm. The other thing is, all farms start from a certain point, and they they are a, a result of the farmer and the market. So our farm is very unique because of Farmer Paul, because of the markets that we serve. Mm -hmm. um, and as those markets have changed, the farm itself has changed. So it's not something that's just transferable. So we have certainly looked for someone who could just step in and take over our farm. That really doesn't exist unless you have grown that within your family. Our daughter and our son were never going to take over the farm. When we started the farm 27 seas ago, that was never the intent. This is not a multi-generational farm. This is what Paul and Kay are doing for the rest of their working lives. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we also made decisions. When Paul bought a tractor, it's like, okay, that's great. Now, what's the exit plan for that tractor? Mm -hmm. So it was like, how are we going to use that tractor? What are we going to do for it? How, what's the return on investment? But what's the exit strategy for that piece of equipment? Mm -hmm. And that played into that decision as well. 
And that's what that's what you're kind of doing right now. Now, uh, as I understand it, a lot of the things that you needed for the CSA back then, for the chickens back then, for your vending and that. Am I correct that a lot of those things have already found their way off the farm? No. No, the only thing really that's found the way off the farm is we had uh, two and a half acres of high tunnels. Oh. Um, a farmer from Ohio bought those, uh, took it, took them down, down last week. Uh, out of our five hoop houses, two are sold. So most of our items that we've used for farming are going to be on our auction November 4th. Mm-hmm. What about the specialized stuff? I mean, granted, I, I wasn't at your farm for long, long periods of time, but things like your refrigerator, <clears throat> your walk-ins, uh, some of the setup for when you were putting CSA boxes together or allowing your customers to do that. How, how is the interest for, I always am curious because being an organic farmer or being somebody that serves the farmer's market, you have to create so much of your own equipment. You have to create so much of your own systems. Like you said, what's the interest on some of those remaining pieces? We'll find out November 4th oh, for sure. <laughs> and and it really varies from piece to piece. I mean, we have some pieces of equipment uh, such as our our Mater Mac vacuum cedar, yeah. that a lot of different farmers could use that mm-hmm. at a lot of different scales. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some other things. Uh, for example, we have some very small uh, mulch layers and water wheel planters for working in those two acre tunnels mm-hmm. because they are only twenty four feet wide. Nice. So little tractors, little things that go with it. So that's a little bit more specialized. I think you'd said something once a while ago that uh, when we started farming, we could find all of this small-scale equipment uh, just about anywhere. There were auctions or farmers who were selling this small-scale equipment. And now, because of the size of farms, this small-scale equipment doesn't exist. And so I think that's where we might have an opportunity um, because this is small-scale equipment. You could use it on, on three acres. You could use it on 30 acres. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm farming with antiques that are probably right up that alley. So here we go. Uh, again, folks, if you're just joining us, we're sharing the story of uh, Paul uh, Earhart and Kay Johnson, Jen Air Farms, uh, organic at one time CSA, community-supported agriculture farm, on the outskirts of Sun Prairie, uh, entailing, entailing about 100 acres of organic farmland and, as we said, kind of their uh, CSA um, collective point. They, by design, are transitioning out of agriculture beginning in November, giving some young farmers or entrepreneurs an opportunity to take a look at possibilities there. What do those possibilities look like? How many different ways do you have to think about marketing your your legacy, so to speak, when you're an organic farmer in an urban area? What's the what's the open interest on these items? We're going to talk about that next. I hope you'll stick around again. uh, Jenner Farms going uh, to auction on November 4th, uh, again, in the Sun Prairie community of East Bristol. We'll have the details up at MidwestFarmReport.com. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Back next with how do you make that next step? Actually selling the land, selling the home that they built. We'll talk about that next.